Welcome to the Gas Street Podcast. Our vision as a church is to be light for the city. We really hope you enjoy this message. Well, good morning, everyone. It's, it's so great to be launching this series called Jesus Over Everything. Jesus Over Everything. This is a series where we want to preach the truth of who Jesus is how he lived his life, how he died and was resurrected to new life for every single person in this room watching online or on the planet that we live on and that we need to look after. Jesus over everything is the most important truth. So right before I crack in, I want to encourage you to have confidence to invite your friends, your neighbours, your colleagues to the rest of this series where we're going to explore what this truth means. It's such good news. It's amazing news. You can feel it already in the room. You can feel it in the worship. You can feel it in the conversation. You can feel it in the diversity conversations we just had about the kingdom of God and how we want to reflect it. This is good news. Jesus is good news and he's over everything. So I'm really excited. I want you to be excited. If you're online, be excited. Get your Bible out. Turn it on to Mark's Gospel. That's where I'm going to go in a minute, to Mark's Gospel. It's it's, um, one of the four Gospel accounts of Jesus, the second one after Matthew, if you don't know where it is in your Bible. I'm so excited about this series. I want to tell you today, before we get into the text, is this. Today's message is that you can have confidence that the best thing for your life is to have Jesus over everything. That you can have confidence that the best thing for your life is to have Jesus over everything. Now, before we get to the text, confidence is hard to come by, isn't it? It's hard to come by. Who here would just straight away say, you're generally quite a confident person? Some of us are, that's fine. Just let me see. Yeah, come on, you could be, see, yeah, you put it up straight away. Now, if you kind of half put it up, that's not you. I'm so sorry. You're not confident. <laughs> sorry. But hey, confidence is hard to come by, isn't it? If you're not born with it. It's hard to come by and it can slip out of your life really easily. Let me tell you a quick funny story about confidence that happened to me and Becky uh, this week. We went to a, a Starbucks drive through Yes, I know, going up in the world or down in the world. And um, we got there, you know, and there's a little box with a little metallic voice speaks out of to you, doesn't it? Yeah. And we got there and I turned to Becky like, what would you like? And she said, and it's autumn, right? So they started doing this drink called the pumpkin spice latte. You may not if you know what I'm talking about, right? So um, Becky says, can I have a, a pumpkin spice latte? So I say to the metallic voice, I say, pumpkin spice latte, please. Pumpkin spice latte comes back at me from the Starbucks person. And my confidence just evaporated. I was like, oh, oh no, it's spring, not autumn. Oh no, I've ordered entirely the wrong drink in the wrong season. Uh, uh, And then then, he said, anything else? I said, "Uh, um, uh, uh, (laughs) um, uh, uh, flat white, please. Flat white? I kid you not. Isn't that how it's, I kid you not. Flat white? Are you serious? And honestly, all the confidence just like flew out of the window of our car. All this hesitation floods your heart and your mind and your whole body and you collapse like a deflated balloon. I'm so sorry. And you think like, you know, maybe I've gone to quick fit by mistake. Maybe, I, maybe I've gone to a computer repair shop by mistake and ordered coffee. 
Oh, confidence can fly out of your life so easily and you start questioning everything you thought was true, right? Everything that you know deep, deep down, there has to be a God, He has to be alive, He must have created things. There has to be a way out of the things I'm stuck in. There has to be a freedom beyond the freedom I can create. There has to be a solution to all the bad news that we seem to be permanently surrounded in in our world. It's got to be greater and higher than politicians can offer. It's got to be more than science and health can offer. There has to be something more. And we have these self-doubts and hesitation. And maybe there isn't. But today I want to tell you, and the message is, if you turn off from now on, if the internet breaks and you're at home right now, that you can have confidence that Jesus is over everything. This is the confidence that Mark has in his book. And so he's so confident that he begins with this outrageous line. And I'm so confident to preach it today. All I'm going to preach is one line, the very first line. You can read the rest later. It's not my job to read it to you. You're an adult. You can read it later. I'm going to read one line because Mark has outrageous confidence that Jesus is over everything. That's what he says. So we're going to look at this right now. Mark chapter 1, verse 1. He says this, The beginning of the good news about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The beginning of the good news about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. What I'm going to do, I'm going to unpack the confidence Mark has in this verse, and then I'm going to apply it in the end to our lives. So come with me, a bit of teaching to begin with. The first thing I want to point out, before we even get to the first words of this, is Mark cancels Christmas. (laughs) Have you ever realised that? Have you ever thought that? If you look at it in your Bible, like on the actual page, there's nothing before this line. It's straight in, the beginning of the good news about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And then it goes on to talk about John the Baptist coming to prepare the way for Jesus. There's no Christmas. What? feel like the Starbucks guy. What? No Christmas. No birth of Jesus narrative. You see, Mark has an urgency, an outrageous confidence. We don't even need to do that bit. The beginning of the good news about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And he's straight in to the action. Outrageous confidence to not even feel you've got to do all the detail. You don't have to do all the detail when you talk to your friends about Jesus. You don't have to do all the background. You just need some confidence of the gospel that we found and we find in our, in our texts. This is the foundation document. We go back to it and back to it and back to it and find Mark just dives straight in, the beginning. Now let me take that word, the beginning, if we could highlight it on the screen. The beginning, first of all, is a Greek word, arche. And this word means beginning. (laughs) Yeah. It means beginning. But here's the thing. The readers at the time of Jesus would have recognised this same word from their Bibles. Their Bibles being the Old Testament. And they would have realised that right back here, right in the first book, just after the long-winded introduction about translations that no one reads, right here, Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In Arche, in the beginning, 
So what does this mean? Mark, beginning his very first sentence, the beginning of the good news. Well, the beginning, he's saying, what I'm about to tell you is as big as the world beginning. What? What? What I'm about to tell you about this person called Jesus is as big as the universe beginning. What I'm about to tell you is related and linked to the God who made the universe begin. And we learn later on that this Jesus, by him, through him, in him, and for him the world was created. What? Are you serious? This is outrageous confidence. In the beginning, Mark begins. It's a whole new start. That's what Jesus offers us. A whole new start on a powerful level, as powerful as the world being spoken into being. Your life can be spoken into resurrection being by one word of Jesus Christ coming to you today. And this is the confidence we can have when we speak to our friends about this Jesus. Okay, let's move on. The beginning of what? Of the good news. The good news, it comes from the old English, God's spell, gospel. It's where gospel comes from. Good news, good news. But good, you know, it, it, it's not such a good word in our culture anymore. That's why someone wrote the book, Good to Great, right? Oh, well, we need something even better. Great. You've got to move from good to great. So one translation, the Passion Translation, it comes up with this word, wonderful. That's what I want to offer you today. The wonderful news. Read it like that. The beginning of the wonderful news. Now think what it's like when you get wonderful news. Yeah? What's it like when you get good uh, A-level results or a promotion at work or all clear in health or someone you love's health? What's it like when you receive some surprise financial gain maybe? That's good news. And it affects your whole day, doesn't it? You're slightly taller, you're slightly more confident, things are feeling good. And really, really good news can affect more than one day. It can affect two days, three days, four days, five days, six days, 30 days. Why? Because truly good news affects the infrastructure of your life, the behind the scenes, the scaffolding. And from that place, Hope springs and joy springs and positivity towards each other springs and true love and care for one another springs when good news lands deep, deep down. How much more with this kind of wonderful news that is not just human news, but spiritual reality that's changed. Spiritual reality has changed. Paul, the apostle who writes a lot of the rest of the New Testament, he describes this same uh, word in, Ro- in Romans 8.19 as being on tiptoes in eager anticipation and expectation. And I love this detail. With outstretched neck. I was thinking, I was in the mirror for ages. How do, how do I do an outstretched neck? Just try it. Come on, come on, try it. Try it. Yes, thank you, Bishop. Outstretched neck. It's hard to do that. Wonderful news. What's going to happen? Wonderful news that will change my whole perspective, my whole reality, because it changes deep, deep down the very DNA of who I am. And it says that I've got plans and purposes to work and partner with God in His resurrection life through this world. (gasps) 
What? Really? What wonderful news. The good news is coming into our world that Jesus is over everything. And let me tell you this, a bit of history. Those first century Jews who would have read this very first line and the Gentiles, the Romans who read this line, like they had been in a lot of bad news scenarios for quite a long time. We feel like we're in a bad news zone, right? There's so much going on, isn't there? Like, oh my life. They were in a very bad news scenario. The Jews at the time of Jesus, they'd been under oppressive uh, foreign occupation. They'd been in exile. They're not allowed to flourish, to worship how they want to worship for about 600 years. Since the Babylonians came, destroyed Jerusalem and took them away, destroyed the temple, the presence of God, and took them away. So they have been an oppressed, marginalised people. And of course, that's just the men of that society. As a footnote here, remember for women and children, far, far worse scenario. So they know what it's like to have bad news. So when Mark says the beginning of the wonderful news, it's massive. It's absolutely massive because this is the moment they've been waiting for. Are you waiting for a moment? Have you been waiting for that moment? Because Mark says it's here. It's here and I'm here today to say to you, it's here. Jesus is here and alive today for you. This wonderful news. Israel was waiting for, I don't know what you're waiting for, but Israel was waiting for salvation from her enemies. Israel was waiting for the covenant God, the one who promised to be faithful to them, to break them free and restore them from oppression, from that which would make them small and diminish their lives. So they were waiting for God to act decisively. And so this word, good news, we know from the time, it meant something more like this. The rightful king has come to break the siege. Okay? It would be used above inscriptions of Roman emperors. The same word, good news, gospel. The rightful emperor, the rightful ruler has come. And in those cases, it was a false promise. They wouldn't truly break you free. But with Jesus, when this word is used, the rightful king, Jesus over everything has come to break the siege. The siege is an image of you, your life, the Jews at the time, as a town, as a city, surrounded by the enemy. And they're blockading your existence. And the image here is that Jesus has come to lead you out of the siege, to break you free from what comes against you. In this series, we're going to explore the siege, sin, sickness, death, your own doubts about purpose and calling and destiny, and your own doubts about your character and confidence. Jesus has come to break the siege, your own narrative of bad news inside yourself. Jesus has come to break the siege. He's come to set us free. Micah chapter 2, verse 13 in the Old Testament prophesied this. It said, one who breaks open the way will go up before them. They will break through the gate and go out by it. Their king will pass through before them. The Lord as their leader. The Lord, Yahweh, as their leader. And so we come to our final set of words. If we go back to Mark 1.1, who is the rightful ruler? Who is the one who has the power to break us free? Jesus Christ, the Son of God.
Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Christ, of course, not being a surname, but being a title. Being a t- it took me 40 years to realise that. I was writing the envelopes out, all my prayers to him, Mr. Jesus Christ, right hand of the Father, heaven, B17, right next to Waitrose, joke, if anyone who doesn't know me. Uh, <laughs> it's been a long morning, hasn't it, people? Um, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Son of God, the same God who created in the beginning the heavens and the earth. Now, I've got to remember at the end, and we're going to come to this passage on the cross, Mark beautifully puts a Roman centurion, so the most cynical of all of you, at the cross, and this line comes from his mouth as Jesus dies. Surely, that was the Son of God. Incredible, dramatic lie. Surely, this was the Son of God. Even the Roman centurion, the oppressor himself, confesses and believes this truth that Mark confidently puts right at the start. The wonderful news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And this word Christ, it's not a title, uh, it's not a surname, it's a title. It means the Messiah. And very briefly, the Messiah is the prophesied anointed one who will break the siege. The Messiah, the best image I can give you, King David. King David, you might have heard of David and Goliath as a story. King David is a type of Messiah. Why? Because he does two things. First of all, right at the start of his career as a Messiah, let's call it, he fights and defeats Goliath. A Messiah defeats the enemy. Defeats the big, giant, unbelievable enemy, not in his own strength because he's tiny but in God Almighty's strength and power. Jesus, the Messiah, the wonderful news has come. Secondly, what does King David do? At the end of his career as a Messiah, he plans to rebuild the temple and passes it on to his son to do. The temple, the place of God's presence, of his close intimacy with his people, where heaven meets earth. That's the second thing a Messiah does, is restore the presence of the Almighty God with us. And that's what Jesus does. He offers to come and put in your heart and your mind, your body, the very presence of God that we call the Holy Spirit to enable us to live in this life where Jesus is over everything. So Jesus Christ has come. It's the wonderful news. And this is Mark's opening gospel account. It's amazing, isn't it? It's outstanding to cancel Christmas and just launch with that line. Can you imagine the complaints? What confidence. And what I hope even now, can you, I want you to breathe in the confidence that comes from Mark's gospel. Because some of us this morning, we just need strength from the Lord to be taller, head up. I know Jesus and I know he's over everything. And you've had that moment in the car where the self-doubt sucks out and you're not sure anymore and you're hesitant anymore. Has he got me? Has he got me if I step out? Has he got me if I speak to my friends about Jesus? And the answer is yes. He's got you. He's over everything. Do you know what I had to do in the car, in that Starbucks drive-thru? Get the pictures ready. I had to, (laughs) thank you, Aaron. I had to speak back 
to the voice in the little box. When he said, pumpkin spice latte? I said, yes. <laughs> a pumpkin spice latte. When he said, a flat white? I said, yes, a flat white. That is what I want. It feels good, right? Thank you, Aaron, for the pictures. Other brands are available. Some of us today need to speak back to the voices of self-doubt inside. The internal voices of self-doubt, hesitation, fear. And the external voices, the narrative of our culture and time that says, Jesus doesn't even exist. This is story. Or, well, maybe he did exist. He was a human person, but yeah, this supernatural stuff. No, no, he's not real. He's not alive. He can't help you. We need to speak back to those voices. Say, yes, Jesus is over everything. Yes, I want Jesus. Yes, I believe in Jesus. That's what I want. And just stand there. Stand for it. So I'm doing to you here today, and hello, anyone online. This is a public place. It's a public space. This is what we do. We're each called. We've just got our own public space and public place. This is what we do. This is what you do. This is how we are, light for our city, everywhere we go. Now, I want to end with some practical application you'll be relieved to hear, although there already has been. (laughs) Just encouraging myself. (laughs) What could be the problem? If if this is the wonderful news, uh, that Jesus is over everything. That sounds, well, who would not want that? That sounds pretty... Easy, straightforward, but you and I know, if you've been a Christian a while, and if you're here just as a guest, you're just here exploring faith, it's really hard to keep Jesus over everything in your life, to, to allow that, right? And if you're here for some exploring faith, there's a massive, feels like chasm to, to, to step in and say, okay, Jesus is over everything. It just feels huge, really, really hard, and I want to acknowledge that truth. And the, the, the problem is that you and I each want to be over everything, don't we? You, you and I, we, we each want to be over everything. That's what we're taught. That's what we're brought up on is, is to be in control of our own destinies, our own lives. Uh, and we think that's good news. That's the, the biggest lie. We think that would be good news. But there's a couple of problems. One, if you were over everything and I was over everything, we'd both want different things, Right? And then we'd have an argument, and then that would be Twitter. <laughs> right? Like, you're, you're true, you're, and I've got my truth, and, and what this, I mean, we just, well, you're wrong. <laughs> right? There's no truth. Because you're over everything, I'm over everything, we'll do what I say, you do what you say, oh, no, oh, oh, that doesn't work. It doesn't work. And the second thing wrong with that is that everyone who doesn't follow Jesus has got partial bits of truth. The things that offer to solve the problems of the world are all partially true. They're not the full truth. Politics, healthcare, they're all amazing things if they serve the kingdom of God, but they're all partial. They can't fully answer the siege that surrounds us that we're going to explore in this series of sin and sickness and death itself. They can't do it. So there's a problem. The problem is me over everything. 
me over everything. Now, our student pastor, Tim Muller, some of you might know, he's really good at Photoshop. And occasionally he sends uh, me and Tim funny, bizarre pictures of, of ourselves in funny scenarios, like Tim in a ball pool at soft play, or I don't know. Uh, so I, I, said, I said, Tim Muller, can you knock me up a picture of me over everything? And, and this is what he did. Just lap it in. You can... I don't know where he got the picture. I think it looks like I'm on the toilet. Uh, holding a small globe with the galaxy behind me. Now, is that good news, people? Come on, is that good news? No, that's not good news. Now, before you laugh too hard, imagine yourself in the picture. Is that good news? No. <laughs> It's awful news. It's awful news. Because when we put ourselves... Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. When we put ourselves over everything, we're not actually free. We're enslaved. And it's the gospel truth. We're We're not free. We're enslaved to things. And the two things, as I end, I want to kind of come into land on that I think are the key things that enslave us are fear and control. Fear and control. And I can speak on these because they've been part of my own battle. I don't know if if this might be you, and I think to an extent it's all of us. You know, I want to control things because, well, I'm a perfectionist for a kickoff, but I want to control things because I don't want to fail, right? And I want to succeed. I want me over everything, right? But the problem is the more I control things, the more I fear that those things will break or something else will come in and affect it, right? And so they start feeding one another. The more I fear, the more I'll control, the more I'll control, the more I'll fear, and, then, and the more I'll control. And it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And I was trying to think, well, how can I uh, display this? And I thought it's a bit like weightlifting. Any reasonable person would leap to that conclusion as an image. I don't know if anyone saw Emily Campbell, first British female weightlifting medal winner this summer. Anyone watch that? Amazing. 27 years old in Tokyo. And she lifted over two beer kegs worth in weight. Isn't that amazing? So um, I brought my own set uh, here today. Um, Becky, if you could pass it up. I thought I'd do illustrate this. Oh, gosh. Go with me. Come, come with me. Don't leave me out to dry. Oh, wow. So strong. I know, I know. So, like, when you're over everything, when you're over everything, these represent fear and control. You could have that on the screen. Fear and control. And this is, this is like, my... This is, this is what I battle with. When you're over everything, you can feel like this, can't it? And now you'll lose me a bit for the mic, okay? When I, when I get to the top, can you just cheer, just for me? Okay, is that all right? It's not when it gets to there, it's when it gets to there. Okay, okay. Hang on, on. my feet aren't in the right place. Hang on. All right, here we go. Yeah, little little drum roll, little drum roll, yeah. Oh! Yes! 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 You can borrow these later. Now, am I over everything? Fear and control are over everything. 
And I, I'm chained up. And, and, I'm, and I'm carrying them around. I'm walking around. Is this you? I'm walking around. And I feel I've got to fix things in my own life or in the world. And you get a saviour complex. You had that? Yeah, a messiah complex. You can fix it. You can't fix it. Our job is not to fix. Our job is to follow. You follow Jesus. It's not passivity. It's really proactive. You follow Jesus. And, and how do you get rid of this? You have to drop it. Because after a while, it's really, I'm exhausted. And it's inflatable. <laughs> Yeah, it's exhausting, isn't it? You know this. You try and do everything. You try and run everything. You try and be over everything. I know my child's leg's a bit high up. Just bring that down. And what you have to do, what does Jesus say? My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Drop everything. Now, what, what am I now? Free. Oh, the freedom, the wonderful news. Oh, as big as the beginning of the world. Jesus over everything. What is this? It's a worship posture. Oh, look, oh, look I'm in the band. <laughs> it's a worship posture. Jesus, oh, you're over everything. This is amazing. I don't have to fix things. I'm not in control of my own destiny, my own future. I don't have to try and make myself secure or try and build the kingdom of my own life. You're over everything. And I can rest in you. Jesus, what a beautiful name it is. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus over everything. And he's over you now, and this truth is available for you now today. And it's the truth we're going to speak out this whole series. So we need to fill this place that people hear that Jesus is over every element of our lives. Our job is not to fix things. Our job is to follow him. And then we'll learn what we can and cannot do, how we can and cannot partner with him in what he wants to do in the world. So as I end, what do you need to do to follow today? What are the proactive steps? Write them down right now. Whether you're a Christian for a long time, whether you're here just for the first time, what do you need to do to follow this Jesus? To step into this wonderful news? There's something maybe you've got to let go of. There's things you've been trying to control. There's fears, really real fears, I acknowledge. You've just got to drop and worship. Say, Jesus, be over everything. And then for the rest of us, to return to that point, we need to have confidence. The confidence that Mark has to open with just this line, to cancel Christmas. And say, there's wonderful news. There's news on the edge of your tiptoes, breaking in that Jesus, the Messiah, who breaks the siege, defeats the enemy, and brings the presence of God for every one of us. Jesus is here, and he's for you. Amen. Should we stand together in this place? And I want to give people an opportunity if you want to make that step to follow Jesus for the first time, or maybe you want to reconnect with this Jesus, uh, you know you've not been walking with him, I want to give you an opportunity, we're going to do this every single week, to make the step of following Jesus. So I've got a prayer I'm going to read out, 
And I want to invite you to say it in your hearts with me. I'm going to invite all of us in the room to do that because for each one of us, there's a step of faith to take today, a step into confidence to take today. But after I've read it, I'm just going to ask if you did say it for the first time, just to raise a hand just so we could see, see you. So maybe you just want to close your eyes for a minute. I'm going to read out this prayer. Thank you, God, for loving me before I ever loved you. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. Thank you that you know me, that you love me completely. I know I've made mistakes, that I've been over everything. And now I ask for your total forgiveness. I turn away from everything I know is wrong. Today, I choose to put my faith in you and say yes to following you. Please come into my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit now. Amen. And just as our eyes are closed, if you prayed that prayer, why don't you just raise a hand just for me so I can see across the room. Just raise a hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see you. Thank you. Thank you. And the rest of us, let's just raise a a shout, a clap for these people who've put their hand out this morning, welcoming you into the kingdom of God. And for the rest of us, I'm just going to, let's just linger just for a moment, just invite the Spirit. We're going to move into communion. But just, let's just a minute or two longer. Just, uh, you might just want to still close your eyes. Just, I'm just going to pray for the Spirit to, to fill us afresh as Ali comes to set up our communion. Holy Spirit, come, we pray. Thank you for your presence here. Fill every heart, every mind with the confidence to allow Jesus to be over everything. Come, Holy Spirit. And just where you are, just have a moment or two to just receive the Holy Spirit's presence into that area that you know you need to let go of and allow Him to reign and rule. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. If you want to find out more, visit our website, gastric.org or follow us on Instagram at Gastric Church.